everybody, and welcome to our podcast, Case in the Mondays. I'm your host, Sean Young, and I'm here with Rocco DeFazio, Zach Lund, and Mariah. And we are here to tell you stories, so uh, who, wants to, who wants to take the floor first? I guess I would. Here's a little story on, uh, basically a little nice little thing on uh, Avengers, on Avengers Infinity War. Mm-hmm. It's a nice little thing that uh, Robert Downey Jr. did. He basically... Uh, you know, for like after the wrap of it, he basically gave everyone on like cast and crew and stuff a personalized uh, director's chair with their name on it and a uh, little uh, signed little metal plaque on it. Just a neat little thing, I think. I think going with a nice little, nice little, nice little uh, movie coming out. Movie coming out. Uh, you know, as like it's one of the biggest anticipated movies of the year, if not one of the anticipated movie ever. Ever. It's uh, yeah, just a nice little thing. The uh, plaque, little plaque, it reads, uh, all reads, uh, you're like the heart of my arc reactor. How much did the plaque cost? I don't know. I didn't, I think the article didn't say about it, uh, but for like everyone, every single person on it, I assumed it cost a lot. Yeah, I would, I would assume that the plaque must have cost a lot. Um, the, what did the plaque have, did it, what was the significance of the film? It's basically like uh, one of, it's basically like the most, uh, just like the most anticipated thing, because like all the movies, like dozens of movies, all building up towards it, towards like uh, all the, all the failed Hulk films, Iron Man, yeah, you know, Iron Man and stuff, mm-hmm. and with the release of Black Panther, I'm getting, yeah. it's getting really close to being, to being released. Yeah. Okay. So I understand. How much do you think it's gonna make? Uh, I'm gonna say it's uh, viral in the uh, current Star Wars, Star Wars, which just broke 800 mil. You're that confident in it? I am that confident in it. Do you think it'll make it that big? I think it would. They've been building it up for such a long, for uh, like basically the entire, entire like 18 years or something, something I think. And do you uh, know like the, the basic plot line of it? Like, do you know like the background of like you know like the story and stuff? Oh yeah, I be- oh yeah, read the comic, know the basic plot of it. Basically, uh, it's basically like you know a lot of people probably know it or something. And basically, you know, just uh, Thanos, purple guy, big guy in purple chair, collecting the collecting stones to eventually become a god, god or something, become like a godlike being. It's a uh, little, it's like a little different from like what it is in the comics and stuff. I'm not gonna go into that for spoilers and stuff. Yep, I understand. Yeah. Why did it take so long to make this movie, though? I'm guessing because uh, they just want to like build the world or something, not like just toss it like all in and stuff, all in and stuff. You know, just uh, trying like to find the characters, to find characters. You know, make you get to know them, like them a little bit more. Because if not, because if it's gonna be like a you know, like an album adaptation of the comic, a lot of characters are gonna get Game of Thrones, if you know what I mean. No idea, but I actually don't know what you mean. I've Could you elaborate? Oh, really? Do you mean that a lot of people are gonna die? <laughs> yes, I believe so. If they're gonna be faithful. Okay. Um. I mean, well, to switch the topic, uh, a story time that I had was on the brand new 2017 NHL new team, the Los Angeles Golden Knights. They were created this year and by a man named Bill Foley. And uh, they started off the season, I think they had, they won their straight like seven games. And uh, in the first eight games, their top three goaltenders, goalies uh, got hurt. 
So they're playing their fourth and third string throughout the games. And right now they're, I think, I think they're 31 in wins and 11 losses. And season's coming to an end also. But for a new team to come in for their first year, and they're in first place right now, um, it's a pretty big deal. I mean, could have their first Stanley Cup this year. Uh, who who are the new players on that team? I know that there was like a a draft for, and they and they just got players off other teams. But I've heard that like some of the other players that were just like like sort of average players on other teams have just like stepped up in big ways this year. Like um, the goaltender specifically, like the Mark Andre Fleury's and yeah. all the you know the guys that were looked at as decent players are now stepping up and making like these all star performances and playing just out of their mind. Yeah, and even like you're saying, the goaltenders, the Boston Bruins backup goalie uh, Malcolm Subban used to be uh, and didn't play for the Bruins, and then when Mark Andre Fleury got hurt, he played for a straight I think eight games, and he won them most of their first games. Like it's a lot of like, young kids and like good fast players that want to really like step up their game and they're all doing it like together on the team mm-hmm. yeah they're a fast new interesting team um do you know why they made the uh, choice to make the extension to las vegas and not any other city what they were saying was that the capacity like for that city and like they'll, they'll they get the most money because of it's in la like all you know like the casinos and stuff so their cap room's bigger which means they get the biggest amount of like trading players and they have most money, probably in the whole NHL. They probably have the most money right now. So that's why they, they got a lot of young kids. Mm-hmm. Are you happy who they put on the team or do you think they could have picked like other people? Honestly, I think they could have picked so many more better players like when the trade happened. I didn't think they were gonna be good at all. And then like as the season went, you just start to see how like those kids that like, you've never even heard of, they're stepping up like their game, and they're gonna be like probably the new like team. If you know what I mean? Do you know what division they're in? Um, maybe the. I don't know. I really don't. Yeah, but I I know that they were in first place. I'm pretty sure in there they're in, they're in the West, but um, you know. I saw them, their standings looked really good, you know, I know that they've been in first place and they've had just like this sort of like breakout crazy year and you know do you know who their primary scorer on offense is, like who they're like you know, who they're running their offense through and like their leading goal scorer is? I know, I know they had uh, Taylor Hall for like a week because he the Devils like traded him for some like goalie but then they like traded him back and like throughout that week, he had like I think five goals in like three or four games. Mm. But that trade was short, and like he went right back to the Devils after. But like I think um, the team's pretty spread out with point-wise. Like they all are just getting uh, like teamwork points, and like they're doing good. Mm. All right. Um, and now, if we are gonna transition into story time, Mariah, do oh, you wanna? Sure. So. I have, like, so I went to Disney this year as a surprise for, like, Thanksgiving. Nice. Yeah. But, like, so my parents told, like, surprised me and my brother that we were going to Disney for 10 days. Mm-hmm. It was really exciting. And so we got um, we got on the plane, and I sat next to this really annoying person who kept on falling asleep on my shoulder, but, you know, couldn't do anything about it. 
And then, so we got off the plane and well, we spent like an hour and a half waiting for the bus just to come to take us. Yes. So yeah, that, that was like one of the most aggravating things in the beginning because we waited like so long to like wait for the bus plus you're hot too yeah, that's terrible. because you're not you're in like winter clothes you're not in summer clothes mm-hmm. so we got on the bus and then the lady who told us where our hotel was gave mm-hmm. us the wrong di- directions yeah so we spent at least 30 minutes trying to find our hotel yeah we did use like circles everywhere and then we finally found our hotel it was huge and it was really because it was two floors yeah i know we were um we actually stayed with two other families which knew about it and um we went to like really fun restaurants and we went to the park on the day before so the wednesday before thanksgiving mm-hmm. it was open until 2 a.m and mm-hmm. it had this cool thanksgiving show yeah fireworks everywhere and we got to like have a lot of pictures with the characters mm-hmm. and then we went to a restaurant and my mom got a phone call and we found out they were we were also going on a disney cruise that's no, pretty fine. Yeah, it was like it was also our first cruise, and my mom's been wanting to go on a cruise for like the past ten years. So we got on the cruise. We waited in a long line for that too. But the cool thing about it was that they had this place where you could order food at any time, and it never closed. And oh, you that could sounds like, like that sounds well, like Grub City. Yeah, because like oh. you could get ice cream at any time. They oh had like, God, ice cream with awesome. cones. You could fill up drinks whenever you want. And then we have this like buffet for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Oh. And it'll be at a certain time though. Do you know what like foods they have specifically for like breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Well, they had a range of yeah. everything. So mm-hmm. you could have eggs, you could yeah. have hash brown, mm-hmm. you could have, you could ask them to make yeah. your own omelet. Or, That's crazy. Or oh, pancakes, wow. or, like wow. any sandwich you wanted. Mm-hmm. It was really good. I actually been on Disney, Disney Cruise once uh, like uh, a few years ago. Yeah. Yeah, it was, yeah, it was really good. I've yeah, actually never been Bre- to Disney. Yeah, breakfast oh, spots. It's so much fun. Disney is so much fun, but the lines are really They long. are. Ugh. My parent, they, my dad and my brother, because they went on the um, the new Pandora ride. Mm-hmm. And oh, what the, what they so did was instead, so if you're in line before Disney closed, they can't kick you out of line. Yeah. So that's what they did. Before Disney closed, they got in line. Mm-hmm. They spent three hours in there. <laughs> but I, I didn't go. But, yeah. And then we went to Hollywood Studios after the cruise. We um, went, my parents talked me into going onto that haunted house of terror. Mm-hmm. Did not like it. Do you not like big scary rides? No, I like roller coasters. I just don't like things that just, you know, yeah, drop. Yeah, drop. Oh, I got you. I love scary I, I just love every ride. Like, uh, yeah, if, I, if, if I could get Disney World with like six flag lines, man, like I'd go like every year. Oh, I think yeah. you just got Universal. I've never been there, but we're trying to go. I, oh, yeah. There's one where you have to go on there, Escape from Grin Cards. I went on there. It was fantastic. I went on there like a, like a week or so before Halloween this year. You have like Halloween Horror Nights. A bunch of eyes are open. And, you know, in the midst of all the clowns with chainsaws and purge and stuff oh, around. No, thank you. Ugh, yeah. Yeah, not your, cup of, not your cup of tea. I decided to go. Yeah, me and my mom decided to go on it. Yeah. That was nice. It was sad coming back because I had to make up all the work and I was sick. But anyways, it was fun. And we're planning on going again in a couple years because we want to go on a... We want to try to go on a seven-day cruise because we only went on a three-day cruise, which was, like, really nice. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Because we stopped at, like, um, Castaway Keys, which was their... That's their island. Mm-hmm. We went snorkeling, saw a couple of turtles, mm-hmm. some stingrays. 
and then yeah so it was fun mm, that's good so do you think you're gonna make it like a tradition with your family that you're gonna go a lot you know and just go um, on these sort of cruises and just go on these vacations more often i think we're gonna try but like we also like want to do other things too i think we might go like every like two or three years so we can do other things yeah and that will wrap up Mariah's story, and that leads into my story. And I'm going to talk about, uh, well, sort of like the greatest rivalry of, you know, MMA and just sort of like, just like this sort of, this thing that wasn't even supposed to happen in Conor McGregor versus Nate Diaz and just how MMA just completely blew up from that single fight. So... Conor McGregor is just taking over the MMA, knocking people out. He knocks out Dennis Ever in the first round. He calls out um, he calls out Jose Aldo. Jose Aldo pulls out. He gets Chad Mendez. He beats Chad Mendez in the second round in a fight that he was losing badly, and he knocks out Chad Mendez and comes back. Then he goes to face Jose Aldo, the seven-year undefeated pro and just knocks Jose Aldo out in seven seconds. Jose rushed, I mean, um, 13 seconds. Jose rushed him, and then Jose got knocked out, and then Connor was the featherweight champion just like that. And Connor wanted to take two weight divisions and move up 10 pounds and win the next championship, the lightweight championship. And the lightweight champion was Rafael Dos Anjos. So they were supposed to fight in the new, they were supposed to fight at, at UFC 197. And as it was happening, Rafael Dos Anjos had to pull out because of an injury. And therefore, Connor said, I'll take, any short, I'll take any short fight. I don't really care. I'm confident in my skills, and I'm confident in that. And out of nowhere comes Nate Diaz. This, just sort of like this sort of guy who's been mulling around. You know, he has wins against big guys, but, you know, he hasn't really had. He's been known for being, you know, Nick Diaz, his little brother at the time. You know, he's been just sort of in his shadow. And out of nowhere, they just start talking to each other. They, he gets gets up there and Nate just he's confident he thinks that he can beat Connor he called out Connor in his post fight and he was like I think I can beat him I see the holes in his game and Connor he's you know he's selling his Connor fights he's like I'm gonna knock him out in the first round and he's talking all Irish and stuff and then they go into the fight and Connor is just he does Connor he was tagging Nate he was looking amazing and everything was going to plan it looked like Connor was just gonna steamroll another guy and it looked like it was all over but that Nate just caught Connor with a shot Connor started to become stumbling and like he didn't know what to do and he's, his gas tank was going out and then he just started getting unloaded on with shots. Nate took him, I mean, um, Connor tried to take Nate down, Nate defended it and Nate choked out Connor and gave Connor his first loss in the UFC ever. Connor got an instant rematch because, you know, Dana and like the UFC, they love Connor. He's like their biggest promoting star. So they obviously had to make the rematch between Nate Diaz and Connor McGregor. And the rematch was promoted as the biggest fight in MMA history. And it still is to this day the biggest selling pay per view in MMA history. Um, and in the second fight, you know, it was just as much crap talking in the first fight, you know, back and forth jabber, you know, going at the press conference, almost getting in fights, you know, smack talking about the people's family, and it just really was getting heated, and they did not like each other. They got in there, they looked each other dead in the face, and for the second fight, Connor came out literally amazing. He couldn't have came out better. He tagged Nate, he dropped him in the first round, and then dropped him twice in the second. But Connor, you know, he, he going up to 170, you pack on a lot of muscle, and 
he he lot muscles take up energy and he, you know his energy blew out by the end of the second round and Nate's a really skinny fighter and Nate's cardio can go forever so Nate just started tagging Connor at the end of the second and then going into the third Nate had a huge round where he outlanded Connor 52 to like four it was a crazy round for Nate Diaz and then at that time it was seen as like holy crap this fight is tied going into the championship rounds which is the fourth and fifth rounds and really all could be decided Connor had caught a bit of a second wind and sort of outlanded Nate in the fourth round and it was a really close throw up round but they were giving it to Connor and then in the fourth round Nate landed a takedown and sort of what people thought was maybe sealed his second win against Conor McGregor as it went to a decision. And then going to a decision, they read the scorecards. The first judge scored it 48-47 McGregor. The second judge scored it 47-47 tie. And then the second and then the third judge for Scott it scored it 48-47 for the winner by majority decision, Conor McGregor. And now they're tied at 1-1. And this rivalry is just sort of left unfinished, you know? They're both two amazing fighters. They both they they both have had shortcomings in each of their fights and both if they correct them could come out in the third fight and absolutely kill one another and it's such a marketable third fight it's just like it's almost like the fight to make at this point since Connor's probably going to be stripped of his light, lightweight title that he won from Eddie Alvarez right after he beat Nate Diaz they're going to strip him of that title and they're going to give it to Tony Ferguson so it's pointless for him to try to fight him so it's might as well, they might as well just you know match him up with Nate Diaz and finish the trilogy and create you know the biggest trilogy in MMA history. So was that Conor McGregor's first loss in UFC? Yeah, it was the it was it wasn't his first MMA loss. He has uh he's lost three times. He lost to two no names in like other promotions, but then yeah. in the UFC he was undefeated and then he lost to Nate Diaz for the first time and that's his that's, only loss. That's crazy. Did you go see this live? I did not get to go see this live. Uh, this was about over like two years ago, maybe a year and a half ago. I think the last bite was, but um, you know, it's still the best. It's still the best UFC pay per view to the date, and it's it's just crazy how just something that wasn't even supposed to happen. It was supposed to be Connor versus Dos Anjos, and Dos Anjos pulled out with an injury. He said he'd take anyone, and Nate came in on two weeks' notice. So Nate didn't even know he was going to fight. And then two weeks, he got a call, and he got two weeks to train to fight Conor McGregor, and he comes in and beats him as the underdog. It's just sort of crazy the way everything played out. Yeah. I've honestly never watched, like, any UFC, but, like, I know, like, my dad and a few friends have, but, like, I've always just looked at Conor McGregor as probably, like, the best fighter around ever. Yeah, he, you know... Connor is really great. He's he's got fluid boxing. His his cardio is just um, that's probably his only shortcoming. But you know, other than that, you know, he is really like he is the real deal. I I I might make jokes or people might make jokes about him that like he got knocked out by Mayweather or like that he's just like that he lost to Diaz and stuff. But like he really is a great fighter when it comes down to it. He's got the fluid boxing. He he is what you know what really relishes UFC and MMA. And I think that is it for our podcast, because that will be our last story. And that is Case of the Mondays from Rocco, Zach, Mariah, and Sean. Have a good day. Bye. Bye. So long. Sponsored by Spanish Club meets Mondays and Fridays in room 3058.